Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available in both the public and private sector. And we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world. We'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home. This is Military Mom Talk Radio and here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we've got a 70 and sunny day out here in California, Rob. How you doing there? How's the cold? How's the cold? Well, to, this week we're getting more snow. Um, I, I have to check our weather app every morning on the phone because I check your town and my town, and it's so funny how some mornings we start out exactly the same. <laughs> And then sometimes you scoot on up there and we don't. So <laughs> we're, I don't know, we're we're going to have snow this week. We're, you know, we're about freezing right now, but we're going to have, we're going to have snow later on in March. Wow. Well, you know, we usually get a snow in March. We get one in February and one in March, but, you yep. know, I don't think, um, you know, we had those terrible rains last week, but they didn't do anything for our drought out here. So we're still suffering. That's amazing. Wow. Wow. You know, every every quadrant has a little something. Yep, it does. Well, you know what I went to this weekend, Rob, which was really interesting. I went to, I was invited to go to, you know, the Miss America, uh, I don't know, semifinals or whatever it is to yeah. be, a, be a guest. And, and that was really fun for somebody who had won, you know, worn a crown for the military, which is, you know, so silly. Yeah, uh, yeah. T- 20 years later. But it was really fun to see. And it's so funny because, you know, I call them the girls. You know, they're yeah, yeah. the the youngest they did Miss California teen and then they did uh, Miss America and I got to tell you you know some of these girls have guts you know and I, I'm just going to say it the way it was and I hope nobody takes offense but there were some girls up there that you know maybe ate a few too many bagels and donuts but they mm-hmm. were strutting it like there was no tomorrow in their bikinis you know I, I was yep. I, you couldn't help but love it because you know we're so sensitized to seeing string beans and bikinis right and, um, Have you to- seen that whole Dove initiative that that we as Girl Scout? Uh, a Girl Scout organization are a part of that whole Dove initiative where they are working to to have girls be appreciative of who they are, not to try to look like the emaciated models that that are photoshopped and they see on in the magazines. Yeah, a, I you know, it's a great campaign. I, I applaud it. Mm-hmm. But I have to tell you, sitting in the audience, I was like, oh, oh. And then one came out, you know, stick thing, stick thin, you know, 10 feet tall with, you mm-hmm. know, probably plastic boobs and fake teeth. And <laughs> she looked amazing. Yeah. And she looked, you know, and I don't know if we're so culturally sensitized into a certain body type, Um you know, because I know, you know, when I did my work, uh, you know, I was five, I am five nine, so I'm mm-hmm. not as tall as the women today, but, you know, I was on the taller end of them, and there were a couple five, six, five, sevens, and you just go, mm-hmm. oh, well, you're too short. Now mm-hmm. I'm like the peanut, yeah. you know, <laughs> and these girls are gigantic. 
Yeah. Um, when Emily was modeling, she was she was not doing runway. She was just too short. Um, and she had to do other, you know, she did uh, stills and, and other kinds of modeling. But, uh, yeah, she could not do runway because she was just way too short. I was just way too klutzy, you know. <laughs> I just... I didn't have that, you know, and I have the big giggle factor, and that's what got me in a lot. It got me a lot of work, but it also got me in a lot of trouble because I could (laughs) never do the face, you know, the I am hot, I am sexy, you know, I'm goofy. I could do the goofy face. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just very appreciative that they have uh, tried to expand all of the criteria so it takes in a lot more of who the girl is as a person you know that it's not just the physical it's there's a lot that makes up a person it is you know and I think you know I I was really surprised like you know and it's hard because you know you look and you go wow that girl really knocked it out of the park on her interview and that girl really rocked it in her bathing suit and oh my god they had there was one girl up there who didn't have a whole lot of personality in her interview but when she Mm -hmm. played the harp you know the whole the whole music center just you could hear a pin drop and um and then there was one girl who I just fell in love with, Rob, and she was really tall and she was really goofy and, you know, she was just so full of fun. And she did this dance routine. Through, <laughs> she called it through the ages and she came out in these goofball knee socks, like, you know, knee socks up to her knees with stripes on it. Yes, yes. And she had some 70s disco shorts on and then she had an 80s t-shirt, you know, and then she did some 90s hair and she did this. She she made it herself. She made this little cut where she cut these different songs you know and it was like ymca and yeah. you know that can't touch this you know from the 80s and then yeah, yeah. you know she did from each generation and she started very early she did something from like the great gatsby you know some music from oh. that and it was really oh she was wonderful um you know it wasn't miss america kind of thing but i just i loved it i laughed i clapped i sang along with the music she was fantastic Wow, that's really great. How wonderful for you to have a chance to see all these wonderful young women. Yeah. That's great. And the that's peanuts really were great. the best. You know, there was a couple of Miss Teens uh, that was 13, you know, these oh, couple wow. 13-year-olds. And I think about, you know, as much as people have a lot of opinions on, you know, whether they're beauty pageants or, you know, like right. for me, the stuff that I was in was supposedly academic. And I'm like, really? Yes. Why do we have to wear a dress and a bathing suit if it's so academic? Yes, um, yes. <laughs> but the fun part was seeing them get up there, this little 13-year-old belted it out. And, you know, and she was a little off key and she was just really young. But you just go, that takes guts. You know, there were probably yes, 2,000 people in the audience and, you know, everybody's looking at every butt wrinkle and, you know, jiggle and, you know, arm fat and, you know, uh, you know, looking at the dress and the hair and then you got to stand up there and sing and you got to answer questions. You know, it's it's just, I was really proud of these girls going, you know, that takes a lot of guts. And I will Absolutely. say that the training that I had really helped me personally and professionally from doing that. And did you know that the Miss America awards over $50 million in scholarships? $50 million. That's amazing. I did not know it was to that extent. I certainly knew that there were a lot of scholarship and support that went along with it, but not to that extent. That's tremendous. Yeah, $50 and million. You- 
And you're right. Look at the look at what it takes to get up in front of. Some people can't get up in front of a PTA meeting and speak uh, on one little issue, let alone uh, hundreds of thousands of people. Especially if it's a televised thing, you you cannot imagine the stress that these young girls are, and they have to have poise, and they have to uh, think when they're asked a question, and all of these things are very important for future skills in life, no matter what industry you go into. Right. And, you know, the one thing, I, I got in an argument with the people in the seat behind me because that's what I do. And, uh, you, you know, can't they go were, anywhere, can you? I can't. I can't. Well, I just had to sit back. You know, I was listening to them. Finally, I turned around and I said, look, you know, and I, I, I told them a little bit about my experience and my experience with the military. And I said, yeah. you don't want me at the end of a gun. Okay. I am a shoot first, ask questions later. I don't follow directions. I can't pay attention. If you yell at me, I cry. So you're right. I am not a good soldier. But if you ask me to stand up in front of a group of 10,000 people, which I have done, and I have yeah. Stood up there in very little clothing, answered questions, danced my tail off, read a poem. I can do that. So we all mm-hmm. have different strengths because these guys and this lady behind me were talking about, oh, this is such a cattle call. Oh, this is this is blah, 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 blah. Well, you mm-hmm. know what? The world is created with different fabrics. We all have different skill sets. And you know what? If God gave you a great figure and a pretty voice and you can mm-hmm. take it and go to college and do something with your life, because when you look at what the Miss Americas do with their life, or even the Miss Alaska's, oh, gee, you know what, we might run for president, things like that. You know, you can't knock it. And everybody deserves respect. And I don't know that many people, people don't realize how hard it is to get up there and put yourself out there and Mm -hmm. have to be smart and funny and good looking. It's like, Mm -hmm. come on, give them a break. Right, right, exactly. And, I mean, think of where this can go this kind of venue leads to something like the uso perhaps or any any other uh, service oriented environment where you are performing for maybe the military you're performing for um people back home who need help or whatever there's there's so many different um, avenues that this could take you to so i'm really proud of these young people for following their dream and and for trying and um for for their successes. So that's great. Absolutely. Well, and my dad said to me something on the drive home. I took my dad. He was my date. I'm dating my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He said to me, you know, Sam, do you think you would ever be on the radio today if when you were in college, you hadn't been part of that military, you know, Empress Court, you know, thing where, you know, where you did get dressed up and you did get a crown and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, you know, when I couldn't join the military because of physical issues, I was really yeah. bummed. It's like, then I go around and turn to serve in another capacity. And had I not mm-hmm. had that pageant type experience with the university affiliated with the military, you know what? Maybe military mom talk radio wouldn't exist. That's very true. So thank you for for doing that way, way back then so that we can be here way, way, way now. (laughs) Yeah, well, but you think you never know when you do these things where they're going to end up. It's true. It's so true. And isn't every experience a learning experience? Even if it's not the success that you think it is, it is the success towards something else. And I think that's so hard. Um, It's hard to get young people to accept that. But even as adults, we have a hard time remembering that because we think that we're going to control every little part of our lives. And some things take a turn for the different and you're not expecting it. So um, being able to take what you can out of any experience in moving forward is is so important. And boy, our military have to do that every single day. 
Absolutely. And my thing, Rob, is just whatever you're going to do, go for it. That's what I yes. took away with these girls up there. Fat, thin, can't sing a note, you know, beautiful smile, you know, weird looking features. They got up there and, and just gave it 100, 150%. And that's what I loved. Oh, that is fantastic. I'm so glad you did that because um, I, I think it just brings a whole light to so many other things when you get get a chance to sort of recharge your battery. You know, you get caught up in your everyday world and then you get into an environment like that that's a little different from, from your everyday. That just brings, I, I have to tell you a little story later. My son is opening a music studio. Got a darling little call from a little one saying, I'm wondering if I could take piano lessons. And the way he said it was so just charming. <laughs> Why, yes, you can take piano. <laughs> yeah. We've got a break, Sam. And on the other side, we're going to welcome Operation Gratitude to the show. They have had many opportunities to share wonderful things with our military. Be back in a moment. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you. But it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smart strategies and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Do holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to heartfilledholidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time on toginet.com. We'll put a boot in your ass, it's Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, 
Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And for those of you who are just joining us, we're going to bring on Operation Gratitude. We've got Dana, and Operation Gratitude is near and dear to both Robin's and my heart. And for those of you that aren't familiar with Operation Gratitude, it's an amazing program. Uh, We've been involved with them, Rob. What would you say, like four years, five years maybe? Oh, at least, yeah, at least. It's... um. Uh, they were one of our first guests, I think, weren't they? They were. They were. And Carolyn Blaschek, who runs it, does such a great job. And I can tell you, I have been to their facility. I've seen their organization in action. I have talked to many servicemen and women who have received their care packages. They have all sorts of new programs that are coming up. But it is a wonderful, wonderful program. The other thing I like about Operation Gratitude is they are such an open book. They publish their expenditures. They have a really, really great high ranking for charities. So you know that if you're going to donate to them, participate in them or endorse them as we do, uh, we know that they do a great job and they did not pay us anything <laughs> to say that. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. Oh, so do we have Dana? Dana, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Robin. Hi, hey. So uh, can so you live up that. to that? <laughs> I was just going to say thank you so much for that lovely intro and we really do uh, want to make sure that we are an open book to everyone. So, so uh, all of um, the people who want to donate and take part in supporting our military really knows where, where all our services and, and finances go. That is so important, Dana, you know, and I tell you, you know, I do go to a lot of charity events, I get invited to a lot of things, we're asked to endorse a lot of things on the air, and my experiences with Operation Gratitude, going down to the armory and packing boxes and meeting everybody and seeing it, and then when I do my own charity event in December, to hear from the service personnel end about like, ooh, they got their box, and they posted it. You know, how fun is that? Um, But you guys do so much more than just stuffing boxes. So I'd like to open the conversation with having you tell about the programs, and then we're going to talk about a benchmark, a landmark uh, thing that happened this year in December. So let's talk a little bit first about about what is it Operation Gratitude does, because it's gotten so much bigger since we had you on last year. Yes, isn't that amazing how fast we're actually growing? We're, we're so grateful to everyone out there because we would not be growing without the work of, of all the volunteers around the whole entire United States, actually, that are getting involved, which is just so wonderful. Um, as you know, uh, we started back in 2003 with Carolyn Blaschek just making care packages in her own living room. And from that, it grew and grew and grew until now we have... Uh, volunteer days once a month at our base of operations in Van Nuys, where over 800 people can show up for the entire day, and we pack up to 10,000 care packages in one day. It's truly, like you said, you you were there. It's truly amazing. Um, and uh, as of three years ago, we started expanding all our programs. We had uh, mostly our our benchmark program, of course, is our care packages to those deployed in harm's way, wherever that may be, uh, overseas, on, on uh, ships at sea, on land, I mean, anywhere. Our packages are going everywhere. But as of three years ago, we started to see uh, the different evolving needs of the military. And, and with that, we, of course, like to evolve as well. Now we're up to 
at least six different types of care package programs, which is quite amazing. We have um, those going to wounded warriors recovering in transition units and hospitals. We have care packages going to their caregivers when they return home, uh, which is an entirely new program that just started last year. Mm. Um, We also have care packages going to um, veterans in veterans' homes and homeless veterans. That particular program is expanding by leaps and bounds. As you can imagine, it covers veterans all the way from World War II up to the most recent Iraq and Afghanistan uh, veterans that are coming home. So our mm. age range is the face of a veteran is, is uh, changing. It's quite amazing. Um, Did, but we, sorry? I was just going to ask, Dana, how do you locate the people who you send these to? What is your link of communication? Uh, there's many different ways. We have active outreach going to all the VA hospitals, of course. Um, if you're talking about uh, care packages to those who are deployed, we have uh, a link, actually. If you go to our website, which mm-hmm. is operationgratitude.com, not .org, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. um, there's a request a care package button. And if you know someone who is deployed and you fill that out, the good thing about doing this is we then contact that person or the military leader um, and find out who else is serving with the person that you're requesting a care package for. So by requesting one, actually the entire unit or troop, the group that that person is serving with, they all are going to get care packages with their names specifically listed on the label, and they get to hear their name called at mail call, of course, when receiving wow. it. Yeah. Well, and are the are the labels still handwritten, Dana? Because two years ago, there were volunteers, older women sitting in wheelchairs, hand yeah. addressing everything. Because at that point, you know, and I know you you hadn't sent out, you know, I think you'd only sent out like I don't know seven hundred thousand boxes. Yeah, by only that. right, <laughs> right. But <laughs> Carolyn was adamant about it being hand addressed, so that it, you know, you could you could see that person. Is that still in practice? Well, yes, but uh, just to be clear, there's a couple different things going on here, I think. There are, there are the labels, which are computer-generated on purpose so that the name and the address as it's going overseas can be very, very clearly seen. But along with that, it means it's going international, so we have to fill out customs forms. Right, that's maybe that's where, what they were filling out. That's it. You see the rows and rows and rows of people. In fact, after, after we complete the day of packing care packages, we often have to continue doing customs labels days afterwards because, as you can imagine, it's a lot to write. Sure. Well, and just for the audience to to imagine this, you know, you've got this big armory, this big room, you know, and there's, there's, you know, people putting boxes together and there are all these uniform postage boxes, you know, they're like five buck boxes, you know, that are about, you know, maybe a foot wide by, you know, six inches high by six inches deep. And then you have just, just tables and tables of materials and there's people from all over the country helping. And they're from age 16 to like there's some World War II veterans, you know, and there's just everybody and some are family members and friends and and it's really social. You talk and you pack these boxes and you go hand by hand, you know, putting them down and, and it's just, it's the most amazing thing you'll ever see. It's like a human machine. Assembly line. Yes, that's one of the first things that actually drew me into Operation Gratitude is just the overwhelming feeling. You know, you can, you can show up alone or with coworkers or with family members or friends, but 
but by the time you leave, you've been working side by side in a variety of areas with a variety of people. And, you know, you'll be waving goodbye and saying, you know, to, to maybe... At 40 new people that you didn't right. even know before. And you're, it's like they're all your teammates, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, and one family had flown in from the East Coast just to pack boxes on the West Coast, you wow. know, because they, they they wanted to support their son, and they took their vacation in California, and they, you know, went to Disneyland and the ocean, all those good things, and they took a day to pack these boxes. And, you know, there's just so many amazing things that happen, you know, when you when you pack with people. And I packed with a group of Korean veterans and, you know, the Chosan oh. Reservoir guys, and they're telling me all these stories. And, you know, I was there with a couple girlfriends, and we looked all cute in our little cami pants. And, uh-huh, you know, of course you did. <laughs> we, they wanted our pictures taken with them. I, we had a ball. I remember, Rob, remember I came home, I had so much fun. I know, I know. It was wonderful. Oh, and I'll tell you, um, th- Knowing what I have seen from the military when they receive these packages, it really is um, it, it's just more than just receiving a couple of items in a box. It is just such that personal touch from home that makes such a difference. Absolutely, Robin. And you know, one of the most important things that we do put in our care packages is actually something that everyone around the country can do for free, and it's, it's really the most meaningful of all, and that's the letters that yes. you can write from home. You know, children in uh, elementary schools and junior highs and high schools all the way to, you know, 80- and 90-year-olds are writing letters, um, just giving them a little piece of home, saying thank you and saying come home safe. And the stories, as you can imagine, which quite a few we have on our website, actually, of, of how our service members have received the letters and held on to them and maybe put them in their helmet as they mm-hmm. go throughout there, right? Or, or they make a, a – ma- I heard one story of a unit that made a makeshift wall. They're out in the, in the boonies, you know, in, in Afghanistan. They made a makeshift wall. They put up all the letters they received from people they didn't even know across the U.S. Oh, and wow. every time that they went out on a mission to, you know – take a look around, didn't know if they were going to spend the night somewhere or come back to base camp, they would pass by that wall and really feel the, the American people supporting them and wanting them to come home safe. Wow, that's really powerful. It well, really and it's, is. you know, Dana, I'm so glad that you brought that up because, you know, poor Robin has had to hear me say every quarter, okay, moms, everybody who's got all those homework, <laughs> you know, that come home, you know, when you have kids in elementary school, they make a ton of crap and you, every piece is a, is it just a, you know, it's awful. I say it that way, but it's true. You come home, you could have boxes of this stuff. You know, they look, look, I made a Christmas tree. Look, I made a Hanukkah menorah. Look, I made daisies. And, you know, they come home and they're so proud of their artwork. And I've encouraged people for the last five five years moms to save this stuff and then have their kids write notes on them and send it over to Opgrat because what a great way to take your what you would toss in the trash or recycle you know your kids artwork that mm-hmm. you don't want anymore can be easily retrofitted with a box of crayons or a couple pencils into a meaningful piece of artwork that could go and get folded up and put into this box overseas to me it's just the greatest use of our resources in our schools we have all these things kids bring them home the parents save them what whatever you don't want or whatever the kids want to give you can make them into a card and send it off to operation gratitude that Mm. is actually a great idea that's that's wonderful and i know we've received many 
uh, like what you're talking about right now. And you know what is so meaningful about that? It's so many fronts, right? It's the home front. It's the the child learning how what they do can the ripple effect and how important it can be to so many people. And at the same time, the service member receiving it overseas, they might have a little uh, girl, a little daughter, a little son that is the same age as the person who is sent. Right? So it, it's it really perfect. Dana, we're going to go to a break, and we want you to stay uh, on board, and we're going to chat with you a little more after the break to hear some of the landmark uh, events that have happened to Operation Gratitude. We'll be back with Dana right after the break. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system, keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you. But it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smarts, strategies, and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose at all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugginet Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on Tugginet.com. There ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we have a great show today, you guys. If you missed the first half of the show, I want you to tune into iTunes. We have over 100 and, oh, God, we're up to about 165 hours of free, family-friendly military programming that's available on iTunes. We are also, uh, you're able to download our shows for free at our Host station, toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T. You can find us on Rockstar Radio Network. You can find us on our namesake show, militarymomtalkradio.com. And I'm pleased to announce, Robin, we got picked up in Germany. Oh, 
Oh, that's awesome. Yes, we are. And I wish I spoke enough German to be able to say that in German. I know. Spoken Sie Deutsch. I was yes. looked at and I got a notification that somebody had downloaded something and, and it was in German to me. And, you know, I come from a German family, so I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I need some help translating this. And I went on to iTunes Deutschland, Deutsche was alles. And there we are, Military Mom Talk Radio, available in Germany. Oh, here's a, a remote high five to you. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much my high school German did absolutely nothing to help me. I'm just going to put that out there. So we are visiting today with Dana from Operation Gratitude. And I wish you guys to check out Operation Gratitude online because they do a lot of really neat things. Uh, they do an awful lot of things, which we're going to talk about. What One of the things that they did this year is they hit a real big landmark achievement for our military service members. So, Dana, I'm going to let you talk about the giveaway and what happened this year. Oh, well, thank you. It was quite amazing. And by the way, yes, congratulations on Germany. <laughs> way to go. <laughs> um, the landmark that we hit, you know, Operation Gratitude started very small, as, as I mentioned just before the break, in, in one woman's living room, Carolyn Blaschak, who started it. And it's grown and grown, and it's hit milestone care packages. And now we're at 10 years in existence. 2013 was 10 years. And we hit our one millionth overall care package, leaving the doors. Quite amazing. Um, it was a huge celebration. Over 5,000 people showed up at the California National Guard Armory in Van Nuys. Oh, my gosh. It was, it was uh, huge. We had Crazy. The, uh, crazy. Yes, it, it was. It was crazy. You can imagine. <laughs> celebrities, politicians, music. And we had the uh, AVTT, which is the American uh, Veterans Traveling Tribute Wall. It's an 80% replica of the Vietnam Wall in Washington, D.C. So it's quite large and truly, truly amazing. And that was there as the backdrop as everyone was packing care packages to get us to our one millionth package. Wow. So, yeah. Now, what was uh, in the one millionth package? There was something really cool that, that you guys came up with, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, we were so lucky. We For these milestones, many of our sponsor companies will, you know, step up to the plate and want to offer something. So, well, before I tell you what it is, let me tell you where it went, <laughs> because that's kind of amazing. And then I'll tell you what the person opened. Um, the millionth package went overseas, of course, with enough care packages that would also uh, be given out to the entire group of service members that was serving with that person. So uh, it actually went to a sailor. And Carolyn, our founder, along with two Navy moms, was flown to Istanbul and then to Bahrain and then put on an aircraft carrier, the USS Harry S. Truman, and then put in a helicopter and flown over to the cruiser, the USS Gettysburg, in the Gulf of Oman. It was huge. And then... Uh, the, the sailors were all waiting for them. They didn't know what was going to happen, but it was an amazing reception. And they delivered that one millionth care package to a woman sailor, uh, hospital courseman, uh, second class, Brooke Okerman. And oh, she opened wow. up, yeah, she opened up that care package. And inside, there were several big ticket items that she, of course, cannot receive until she comes home safely, which is very, very important. Um, the, the biggest ticket item was 
keys to a 2014 Ford F-150 pickup truck. Oh, my gosh. You can imagine how her fellow sailors just all bananas. went crazy. <laughs> just bananas. And, yeah, just bananas. And along with that, um, that, that was donated not only by Ford, but by Five Hour Energy. And along with that, uh, Best Buy also donated an entire home entertainment system. So when she gets home, her when she gets back to the United States, her home is going to get um, tricked out, for lack of a better word. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Um, it was amazing. So, and, on, and on that, we, of course, want to make sure everybody knows we're not just stopping there. We're continuing our mission and continuing to grow. So we did pack the one millionth and one package, and that <laughs> was delivered when they flew back to the USS Harry Truman, um, and all the members on that ship got care packages, and the one millionth and one care package uh, also had a home entertainment system by Best Buy in there. Oh, wow. It was That's great. amazing. And yeah. since that date from your tote board, it says 76,792 more have been sent. So yeah. you are well on the way to two million. <laughs> Can you believe that? It's just yes. crazy. I think we'll do it in under 10 years this time. You know, it's I, funny, I, I have mixed feelings about that, you guys, because it's like, you know, I you know, I got all choked up. I do every time you tell that story or every time I hear it because I remember it, you know, and seeing the footage. But I will tell you guys, you know, the upside of this is what a great job. The downside is that you have to do it, you know, because it just means all these people are overseas. Everybody's fighting because you send packages to active duty in harm's way. That's a lot of people in harm's way. I do hear what you're saying, definitely, and it's very important to remember that even as the drawdowns are happening and people are coming home, we still have, you know, thousands and thousands of, of our servicemen and women overseas in harm's way. Um, mm-hmm. But along those lines, we're hitting our millions package because now we're able to grow and evolve with the changing needs of the military, and those changing needs are, as they're coming home, Right, we have um, we have uh, veterans, we have mm-hmm. wounded warriors, we have caregivers, first responders, disaster relief. We have battalion buddies that go to the children when their mom or dad is about to deploy. And now our brand new program, literally just starting as we're speaking on the phone, <laughs> is our recruit care package program to let our new recruits know that we realize that they are stepping up and putting themselves in harm's way for our sake and that Mm. we're thanking them and making sure they know that they're starting this journey and we know they are. Wow. So the battalion buddies, that's the teddy bears, right? That's the, or the stuffed animals they get. And what were the other ones? I went through them really quickly. I'm sorry. I know. You went so fast. Like huge national programs. Well, well, we do teddy bears. And you do thousands of them. So, all right. So, we got the, the battalion buddies of the teddy bears. What are the other yeah. ones? Uh, well, we have a disaster relief program going for any military families in need, especially during disaster relief. Um, and, in fact, we do have military families in need uh, as well, packages going out. We have first responders. That, you know, anytime you're hearing about a hurricane or a tornado or something where our first responders are going out there, many of our first responders are, they were service members. 
and military members. That's right. That's right. I know that to be true out here. So many of our police and first responders out here are former Marines and Army. And and what's amazing that, that you're doing this now, like I think, I guess I think back 10 years when Carolyn or when, when did she start this in, in her basement? Well, no, in her living room, but yes, 10 years, 2003. Yeah, 10 years. Yeah, and, her, and I remember, you know, her telling me this story about, you know, her husband saying she had all this stuff and the, the when she called up some some commander and said, you know, how many people, you know, can you send me? And he's like, ma'am, you don't know who you're talking to. And she's like, no, you don't know who you're talking to. That's a famous story. That's so funny. With a general. Oh, it's a general. And no one talks back to a general, but she did. Well, and you got to imagine, like, you know, for the audience who doesn't know Carolyn, Carolyn is probably maybe 90 pounds soaking wet. And she's this tiny, tiny little thing. I felt like, like, Blondzilla next to her, you know, in the pictures. She's this tiny, tiny little petite, delicate, darling little thing. And then she just opens her mouth and she's like, yeah, I don't know who you're talking to. (laughs) You are right. She's a whirlwind. And, you know, really, this, as far as I'm concerned, there's, we have grown leaps and bounds definitely due to Carolyn just not sleeping and continuing to just find, you know, what what do they need? What do our service members need? Who else needs that, that lift in morale and to have a smile put on their face? Mm. Um, well, but, what you know, do you need? I was just have... going to say that exact word. Dana, <laughs> what do we need? <laughs> we have about three minutes before the break. Oh, well, the, the best thing to do is go to operationgratitude.com to our website and mm-hmm. uh, look for our items needed list at our wish list. The, the other thing I want to mention before we go, though, is, you know, so many people around the country want to put things, not just donate items, but they want to make care packages and do other activities. We have a variety of activities that you can do at your own location, wherever you happen to be, Robin in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yes, che- uh, you know, check out our website, spread the word to your offices, to your schools, and we have lots of ways for you to get involved. That's fantastic. We're, and we want to repeat that, operationgratitude.com. Are you, do you have a Facebook page? Should we find oh, one? Oh, yes. Facebook? Yes. Yeah. If you then, go, in fact, if you go to operationgratitude.com, you can see links to our Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram, all our blog. Uh, absolutely. Social media presence, very important, as always. That is so important, and and it is important because I think so many we have to find so many different ways to reach so many different people. So um, we do appreciate that. And Dana, thank you for being a part of Operation Gratitude for all that you are doing for our service members and for us, so that we know that our best way to say thank you to all of our all of our soldiers and sailors and and Marines. Um, thank you, Dana. Well, Sandra and Robin, thank you for having us on today. Really, really appreciate it. It was lovely speaking with you. You you too, and we will be in touch. And do stay in touch and keep us apprised of all of the new things that are happening with Operation Gratitude. (laughs) We will. Great. On the other side of the break, we have uh, authors... Richard Geschke and Robert Toto coming. They have written uh, a couple of books. Uh, Shadows of Combat was the first book, and that, uh, In Our Duffel Bag was the first book that came out. And then we have um, Shadows of Combat, w- which is a wonderful poetry about Vietnam era, which I am excited to read, and we'll tell you why after the break. <laughs> 
Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Join us every Monday at 10 a.m. Central for the Johnny Rowland News, Guns, and Motorsports Radio Show. With commentary about current events, guns, shooting, and firearms issues, automotive and motorsports features, and special music presentations. Johnny is recognized as an international firearms authority and ballistic engineer, as well as an accomplished and widely recognized automotive designer and longtime TV and radio host. This program draws on Johnny's experience in shooting, motorsports, and as a professional entertainer musician. Don't miss Johnny Roland News, Guns, and Motorsports. Infotainment at its best. Trust us on this one. It's a fun show. Every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Evermore, people have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Victor Frankel, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with host Mary Similuka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things, and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central, on toginet.com. We'll put a boot in your ass, it's in. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And, oh, do we always have fun with Operation Gratitude or what? We really do. They really are amazing. And talk about gifts of the heart. Mm. So important, so important that we do these things, you know. Um, And we have a lot of fun to talk to our new guest uh, we I love when the authors come on, Rob. It's always so interesting when they write books about, you know, just there's so many topics, you know, when you think of the genre of military writers. I don't know how mm-hmm. you can, can cover it. There's so many different perspectives because there's so many different people and so many different experiences. And I think one of um, the books that really hit us to heart here at home was in our duffel bags. Um, My husband is a Vietnam veteran and I have to say when he read these uh, uh, portions of the book and I have to say it's framed very nicely because you have almost like uh, little vignettes if you will, little uh, glimpses of their experiences. He says I've finally found a validation of what I've been carrying around all of my 
adult life. And that just really hit me in that, um, and I guess I need a moment to say this, because for all of the years that my husband has been a veteran, there has been a lot that he has carried inside. And we see a lot of the external wounds. We do see some of the um, ramifications, say, of some of the PTSD um, effects. But what is being held in each of these uh, military people's hearts is a very difficult thing to expose. And I appreciate both Richard and Robert for writing these books just for that reason. Wow, Rob, that's amazing. But you're right. You're right. I mean, the written word for somebody like me who wasn't even born yet when this experience happened, to be able to experience it just through the written word and and Mm. have some understanding and some compassion and some, and at least a frame of reference. You know, it's so hard. Richard, let's say hello to you. Richard Gashke, thank you so much for writing in our duffel bags. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, thank you very much. I, I appreciate for you having me on, and uh, I look forward to answering some of your questions that you may have about both the books. Mm. Both books were very unique, but yet um, almost worked hand in hand, because I think some of the experiences in our duffel bags were so poignant. As, as my husband would be reading through them, he'd say, Yes, and I could see him nodding his head, and I could say, okay, what nerve did that one hit? How um, did you recollect all of these after you had been home for a while, or had you always been a writer and sort of kept a a journal as you went through these years? Well, it all all started with my son. He, uh, He knows that I'm a fairly good writer, and uh Basically, what I did was uh, adhere to what he said. He said, Dad, you should write a book, and I, I went ahead and wrote it. And it's amazing that uh, how you recollect things as you go along. And like Bob and I emailed each other back when we were doing this, uh, I started the whole project, and I got him involved in it. He's got PTSD, and... Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, he was able to trigger a lot of my memories. I've got a pretty good memory. I can remember things back to 1950, for God's sake. So as we were doing it, I started saying to myself, my God, we did this? Did we really do this? And you forget. It's 40-some years after the fact, and we buried these memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, because at the time when we came back, it wasn't like the guys coming back from Afghanistan or Iraq. We were looked down upon, and we were shunned. And uh, so we basically melded back into society as best we could. And uh, so when we did this, it became a two-year project, and it became very, very uh, intense. Intense indeed. I can imagine how, how... Well, let me ask, how did you and Bob meet? Uh, well, it's in the book. Uh, he was uh, walking down the portico of the officer's billets in Fort Benning, Georgia, mm-hmm. on October 31st, uh, 1969. Uh, that's Halloween night. The next day was All Saints Day. 
And uh, from that point on, uh, Bob and I have been friends from then on. Uh, he was the best man at my wedding. Oh. You know, um, I want to ask you, for, for our listeners who haven't read your book or are not familiar with your work, can you tell us a little bit about your military career, a little bit about yourself? I mean, this book is so amazing and it's so deep. The person, you know, where did you come from? Where did you grow up? You know, how did you end up, you know, in the service? What, what, you know, can you give your story to our listeners? Sure. You know, kind of the behind-the-scenes look. Yeah, absolutely. I was born in Cleveland, Ohio, back in 1947. Uh, went to Kent State University of all universities, uh, and I graduated there before the incident happened in 1970. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was in Germany when that incident happened. Uh, I graduated in ROTC in August of 1969, as did Bob, and uh, then we went to Fort Benning, Georgia. We were uh, infantry officers, and from Fort Benning, we went to Fort Bliss for a red-eyed missile school, and from Fort Bliss, we uh, drove, in, in fact, it gives our trek from uh, El Paso all the way from Cleveland to Methuen, Massachusetts. And we went to Germany. We were in Germany for 18 months. And then from Germany, we went to uh, (laughs) Panama for jungle warfare school. And then we went to Vietnam. And that all happened in a period of 29 months. Wow. Yep. Not too many many ROTC officers are able to say that they went to those places. Normally, the officers that went to those places were West Pointers or career officers. We were yeah. what was known as volunteer officers. So we did the grand tour. We never really saw the United States that much. We were all, always overseas. And I love how um, the book, it, it's not necessary to read in our duffel bags from start to finish. I love that there are little excerpts, that there are little stories that one can pick up at any time. And then Bob's wonderful Toto moments all throughout <laughs> the book. <laughs> now, yeah. were all of these sort of, as you sat together, you all came up with, uh, oh, remember this, or did you ever do that, or... Um, Something about a VW bug? Or <laughs> well, you know, the thing of it is, is the Toto moments, that was my idea because I wanted to sprinkle Bob in there. Yeah. Uh, basically, the basic outline of all this was done by me, but then we filled in everything as we went along. So that's why mm-hmm. it took us two years. But it was really great to do it because Bob would, would kind of needle me in emails. He says, you, why didn't you do the story about the lost pilot? What are you talking about, the lost pilot? And he says, remember, you were down in the Schaffenberg, and this pilot got lost, and he was with a general, and he didn't know where he was, and you directed him where he was supposed to go. And I said, oh, my God, yes, I do remember that. And and I would do the same thing to him. He was stationed in Berlin. Uh, but... Uh, it's really funny because it's comical in a way because I was on the line with the infantry unit, uh, mechanized infantry unit, 3rd Infantry Division uh, in Germany for the 3rd Infantry Division. And Bob was in the prestigious Berlin Brigade on staff duty, and he never saw anything out in the field. I was constantly out in the field. Mm. And uh, when we went to Vietnam, I ended up in the combat engineers as an infantry officer, and he ended up as a... Uh, uh, an infantry lieutenant on the line, and that's uh, he got into a, uh, 
many scraps there which he did not bring uh, up in the book. Mm-hmm. I have to say, um, there's there are so many things that, as I say, touched home in our house. I have to say one in particular, uh, Richard, and we're going to have to have you back another time perhaps to talk more because um, we are running toward the end of the show. There's one poem in Shadows of Combat called Tattoo. And I don't have time to read the whole thing, but I do have to say a glimpse of it. Um, How can a country which was so astute as to win the Cold War be so clueless in their politics concerning a civilian war in Vietnam? Most of them never served, but had no problem sending millions to serve in a long and senseless war, a war without a clear mission and lacking good purpose. And I'm skipping many stanzas, but I'm going to clip to the end. Maybe, just maybe, they will start to care, start to understand what we did. Maybe, just maybe, we will be welcomed home in a different light of true concern and thanked for that service so long ago. Yeah. That's the way I felt. It's a very, yeah, yep. And every one of you have carried this. And um, if any of you in the audience needs to um, help getting some of that out of your heart, I I highly recommend you go and find Shadows of Combat and find In Our Duffel Bags. And Richard's last name is spelled G-E-S-C-H-K-E, and Robert's last name is spelled T-O-T-O. And where can we find these books, Richard? Amazon.com, and by the way, Shadows of Combat is also an audio book, too. Oh, fantastic. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. We appreciate this so much, Richard. Um, God bless, and thank you so much for writing these books and um, touching our hearts, as I know you're touching so many other hearts as well. And thank you for your service. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Sandra, we have Judy Brizendine next week. She is a wonderful guest, and we've had her on before. We sure do appreciate it when Judy is with us. And if you've missed any of this show, we do hope you'll go to MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com and also visit us on iTunes. Uh, We are there with all of those shows, including this one, ready for you to download free of charge. We hope you'll join us next week when we welcome Judy Brizendine. Thanks for being with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. Take care, everyone.